and welcome to Book Choice, Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio. I'm your host, Paige Nick, and every couple of weeks on this show, we welcome South Africa's three top publishers and South Africa's number one bookseller into the studio to fill us in on what they're publishing, reading, and selling right now. I love this show because we get an inside view of the publishing industry from the very people who are deciding which local and international titles we're going to get offered on the shelves every month. The voices you're going to hear for the next hour on today's show are the publishers, publicists and editors who are working with the authors and other international publishing houses to bring quality fiction and non-fiction to South African readers. What sells, what hooks, what will entice us to choose a book over Netflix and chill or endless scrolling. These are the heroes of South African publishing and we couldn't be prouder to have them on the show. Starting with Batya Bricker. Batya is the general manager of Books and Brand at Exclusive Books. After that, we'll be joined by Viz Chetty from Penguin Random House with their latest lineup, followed by the team from Pan Macmillan telling us about their favorite new titles, local and international. And to round off the show, the Jonathan Ball team always have a unique, interesting and varied segment to share with us, all of which will be punctuated with some very waltzy music this month, sourced and selected by Dave Wood and Rick Everett. Thanks for the music, you guys. This first track is a waltz. It's the waltz from Sweet Antique by John Rutter, and it's played by the trio Hermanair. Thank you. 
Welcome back to Book Toys Publishers Choice here on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick. First up, as promised, Butcher Bricker, who is the general manager of books and brands at Exclusive Books. For me, there's always something very special about Butcher's reviews. She reads deeply and widely. After all, she has shelves and shelves to choose from. So I really respect her views on these titles that have stood out for her every month. Welcome to the show, Batya. Tell us about some of your favorite titles that you think will be flying off the shelves at Exclusive Books this coming month. Books and stories are often a mirror to what society is thinking and talking about. But in all societies, no matter where they are on the timeline, there are things we cannot speak of. Taboo topics that cannot be touched. Subjects that are off limits. Books can be a gentle way of approaching something difficult. And today, I have a selection of books that have been brave. Books that have tackled things we are reluctant to face or talk about, but that are important, vital, and must be broached if we are to understand, accept, and even embrace them. The first book is called Wisdom of Murray by Rob Schwartz. And Murray should ring familiar bells in your head. They say aging is a privilege, but with it comes many physical and existential challenges that we are only starting to unpack. Aging is coming of age. Murray Schwartz, the beloved subject of the classic multi-million copy bestseller, Tuesdays with Murray, explores how to remain vibrant and connected in this profound and poignant book on living and aging well. Murray draws on his experience as a social psychologist, teacher, father, friend, and sage to offer us a roadmap to navigate a time that can become rich and meaningful no matter the obstacles. I particularly liked the last pages of this book that provide a blueprint to good living no matter your age. Girls playing soccer? There was a time when this was unheard of. But thanks to the pioneering spirit of people like Desiree Ellis, it's become not only acceptable, but celebrated. Her book, Magic by Luke Alfred, tracks her inspiring football journey that began many years before on the humble streets of Salt River in Cape Town. And it illustrates how dreams can indeed come true. Desiree Ellis has been associated with Banyana Banyana, the South African women's national football team for 30 years, first as a player and then transitioning to coaching. Taking the experience of 32 caps, including captaining the team when South Africa won the inaugural Kasafa Women's Cup in 2002, she went on to become the most successful women's coach in South Africa. Quite honestly, I'm not particularly keen on football, but her story is universally uplifting. And the book is peppered with charming anecdotes, like the fact that she was born so tiny, two months prim, that she fitted into a shoebox. It's well worth picking up just for the colourful details of life in Salt River, but especially for the football fans. Publishing is in a golden age of celebrating pioneering women in all fields that have shattered glass ceilings and paved the way for girls after them. Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus is one such book. 
I know this isn't a new title, but it's one that has sustained its ratings on exclusive books bestseller lists, and for that matter, international lists, for now close on six months, which is staggering for a fiction title. So if you haven't yet picked up this debut, it is a must. Chemist Elizabeth Zott is not your average woman. In fact, Elizabeth Zott would be the first to point out that there is no such thing as an average woman. But it's early 1960s, and her all-male team at Hastings Research Institute takes a very unscientific view of equality, except for one. Kelvin Evans, the lonely, brilliant, Nobel Prize-nominated grudge holder who falls in love with, of all things, her mind, true chemistry results. But like science, life is unpredictable, which is why, a few years later, Elizabeth finds herself single and the reluctant star of America's most beloved cooking show, Supper at Six. A mother as well. But Elizabeth's world is peppered with beakers and pipettes and a centrifuge. Her unusual approach to cooking proves revolutionary. But as her following grows, not everyone is happy. Because as it turns out, Elizabeth Zott isn't just teaching women to cook. She's daring them to change the status quo. Laugh out loud funny, shrewdly observant and studded with a dazzling cast of supporting characters. Lessons in Chemistry is as original and vibrant as its protagonist. And in addition to her serious look at the frustrations of a generation of women, baked into the novel is a mystery, a look at politics, parenting, a love affair with rowing, and a deep connection to her dog, 6.30. The New York Times says, Lessons in chemistry will make you wonder about all the real-life women born ahead of their time. Women who were sidelined, ignored, and worse, because they weren't as resourceful, determined, and lucky as Elizabeth Zott. She's a reminder of how far we have come, but also how far we still have to go. Who would have thunk it? Previously, taboo topics have become hot, so much so that something like menopause has gone mainstream. In fact, currently publishers are actively looking for stories that reflect women's experiences and portray menopausal women as smart, funny, powerful characters who are liberated, walk tall and fight back. Expect to meet many more of them in the coming months. Grace Adams is one. It's a scorching summer's day, and Grace, in the grip of a hot flush, feels on fire from the inside out. She's atrociously late, and she's pouring with sweat. Drivers are blaring their horns, and the man in the next car is staring at her, and suddenly she can't take it any longer. She gets out of her car and simply walks away. This book, Amazing Grace Adams, by Fran Littlewood, is her story over the course of a single, spectacularly bad day, and we've all had one of those. The day we meet her, 45-year-old Grace feels baffled and obsolete, far from her once perfect, apt epithet, amazing. Her husband has left her. Her adored daughter, Lotta, has opted to live with her father. Grace has just lost both of her jobs, and physically, she has become unrecognizable to herself. Trapped in perimenopause, she's a fug of hot flushes, full-body itchiness and brain fog, 
Today, she's on a quest to get an epic birthday cake to her daughter. There have been mixed responses on the review sites on this book, but Little Wood does a stellar job in highlighting how sometimes it's a battle just to survive the daily ordeals and keep it together. It can be easy for lives to unravel or become derailed. It's a wonderfully compelling read of hope, and it made me laugh and cry and touches on issues that will resonate with just so many women. Neurodiversity is another topic that has become de rigueur, and adding to this growing collection of books is Joanne Harris's Broken Light. Bernie Moon feels invisible. She's given her life to other people, her husband, her mother, her friends, her son. At 16, she was full of promise and power, and now facing 50, she's a fading light. But when a woman, young woman, is killed in her local area, it sparks childhood memories of a talent she used to have, one long since hidden. She said she'd never use it again. She knows it could destroy not only her, but everyone around her. Bernie Moon is no longer invisible, but is everyone else ready for what she's about to become? Joanne Harris usually uses a touch of magic realism to make her stories sing, and this is no different. But as we use books to explore otherness and being different, the boundaries of what may and may not be possible become quite blurred. One to look out for that will only hit the shelves at the end of July is a book about our ultimate end. It's called The Collected Regrets of Clover by Mickey Brammer. This book has been described as big-hearted and life-affirming. It's about a death doula who, in caring for others at the end of their life, has forgotten how to live her own. I loved it. Clover spends so much time with the dying that she has no life of her own, until the final wishes of a feisty old woman send Clover on a trip across the country to uncover a forgotten love story and perhaps even her own happy ending. As she finds herself struggling to navigate the uncharted roads of romance and friendship, Clover is forced to examine what she really wants and whether she has the courage to go for it. It's probing, it's funny, it's charming. Clover is lovable. You will fall in love with her. So this month, aging, death, feminism, menopause, nothing is untouchable between the pages of a book and you will find the shelves brimming with them at Exclusive Books. Thank you to Bacha Bricker, General Manager of Books and Brands at Exclusive Books. If the book you seek does truly exist, all you need to do is ask at your local Exclusive Books or of course you could look online at exclusivebooks.co.za. Thank mm-hmm. you.
was Maria by Tarego, played by guitarist James Grace. Welcome back to our second segment of Book Choice, Publisher's Choice on Fine Music Radio, with me, your host, Paige Nick. We'll be joined now by the ever-engaging Viz Chetty, who's the sales manager at Penguin Random House. That means Viz manages sales for Penguin Random House to exclusive books, bargain books, take-a-lot, loot, and all the main book trade outlets. His team presents the new titles to managers both centrally and at store level every month, and they also work with marketing on the various advertising campaigns for books. Viz is also a product manager, so he manages all the local publications from concept stage to release. So now you know what a sales manager of an international publishing house in South Africa does. Welcome to the show, Viz. Let's hear about Penguin's latest fiction, non-fiction, and children's books. Hi, Paige. Thanks for having me again. It's Viz Chetty here from Penguin Random House. I'm the trade sales manager for Penguin Random House. And this month, I've got five books that I think you should be reading, five books that are in stores right now. So I made it nice and easy for you to get some fiction, some non-fiction, but all brilliant. I'm starting off with the brand new Joe Nesbo, Harry Hole number 13 in the series. It's called Killing Moon and... It's brilliant. It's probably one of his darkest ones yet. So if you're in the mood for sort of Scandi crime fiction, you know Joe Nesbo's the go-to. He's where you start with it. So in this book, back in Oslo, these young women are getting murdered and it looks like a serial killer is on the prowl. And our hero is away. He's gone to Los Angeles and he's drinking himself into oblivion over there. So one of the victims of the serial killer turns out to be a good friend of his from the past, and he decides that he needs to come back and solve, help solve this murder. So it's dark, it's gritty, it's everything you know about Harry Hole. I think if you have been waiting for a new one, probably going to be really excited to see it. It's in store at the moment, so you can go see it. Harry Hole, number 13, Killing Moon. The next one is a nonfiction book, When the Heavens Went on Sale by Ashley Vance. You might remember that name because he wrote a fantastic book a while back, Elon Musk's biography, which was just great. So in this one, he doesn't stray too far away from that one. The main focus of this book are four Silicon Valley companies, Astral, Firefly, Rocket Lab, and Planet Lab. Now, these four companies are, are basically making space exploration a really commercial project. So, so they've been sort of trying to get into space or make it commercially viable. And that's where this book starts. So when the heavens went on sale, and if you read the book, you'll see it's not really, he doesn't really come at it from a really technological angle. He comes at it from a very character driven angle, which is really interesting and fun to read. It's one of the best nonfiction books, I think, that we've done this year. So if you get a chance, Ashley Vance, when the heavens went on, on sale, it's out now. Go grab it. The next one is a South African author, Decima by uh, Evan Fenter. Um, it's a really interesting book, this. I think, you know, we, we've met the author and he's given us his take on the book. But no matter how many times he tells you what the book is about, you still sort of take something different away. And it's a really fascinating, moving, thrilling book. And I think that it's, it deals with loss in, in many different ways. And it starts off with a writer that's come back from Australia to visit his aging mother. And at the same time, uh, in this in this um, park is a black rhino by the name of Decima. And she is a magnificent black rhinoceros cow. She herself has been orphaned due to poaching many, many years back. And she now is expecting the, her calf to have um, 
a calf of our own. So it deals with things like poaching, obviously, which is a big issue for us in our times. But I think that the the essence of the whole book is about loss in in all its different forms and guises, as um, uh, the author's mother is also dwindling as well. It's a fantastic book. I think you know he's really a creative. Um, pioneer in, in this sort of genre. I really enjoyed what he did in this one. If you get a chance, Decima by Eben Fenter. That's out now as well. Right. Next one is Freelance Like a Boss by Shea Casting. She is also local. She used to be a copywriter and now she's basically turned to writing during the lockdown. She started a book and the book basically teaches you how to freelance. So if you ever wanted to make your skills a side project or you wanted it to earn money for you on the side, how do you actually, where do you actually start with freelancing uh, your skills? And this is what this book covers. So everything from pricing to tax laws to business plans and things like that, it's all in there. Freelance Like a Boss by Sharecasting is a brilliant one. All right. Then I'm going to leave you two more books, uh, two fiction titles, Half Burnt House by Alex North. I want to say this book is a thriller a crime thriller, but it's also, if you're in the mood for a more complex crime thriller, so you get your sort of commercial stuff that you can sort of figure out the ending to, in this one, it's going to be a little harder. And that's what why I picked this book. So The Half Burnt House is for the discerning crime thriller market, I would think. And it starts off with a philosophy professor, Alan Hobbs, who gets murdered. But somehow, being a philosophy professor, they realized that he actually knew this was coming. At the same time, you've got two different threads, two different storylines, which all seem to merge. The other is of Kate and her brother Chris and their relationship and where that um, and how they connect to this dead professor. So it's a it's a crime thriller with a bit of a twist. It's just, it'll it's a slow burn, but I promise you, you get to the end and you will be grateful for it. So. Have a look at that one, Half Burnt House by Alex North. That's out now. Then the last one, I have actually spoken on the show before, but I wanted to give it a flag again in case you haven't picked up uh, when I spoke about it the last time. It is Goes the River by Shelley Reed. It's probably one of my best reads for the year, I would say, so far. It is absolutely fantastic for a debut. It's stunning. Um, it's set in a little town called Iola in Colorado. And it's about this young girl, Tori Nash, who loses her mother at a really young age, loses her aunt in, that, in, in a car accident as well. And she now lives with her father, her uncle, and her rather mean, malicious brother. Um, and she is the only female in this house. And she's not treated well at all. Um, she bumps into a young man by the name of Wilson Moon. He's of Native American descent. They sort of fall in love, and eventually she gets pregnant. Now, remember, it's a different time in a small town in the Midwest, and it's not going to go down really well. So I wouldn't I don't want to spoil it for you too much. But she goes through the gambit of life from taking care of having the baby to what she does afterwards and moving right on into uh, four generations of her story. It's a fantastic book. It's not a huge book. Um, so you'll get through it pretty quickly. But I can promise you it's some of those beautiful writing I've read this year. So Go As a River by Shelley Reed is a must read. If you ever pick one up this from this list, I'll go with that one. And that's me. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Biz and the Penguin Random House team for this fantastic selection of books. For more info on any of the titles Viz mentioned and their shelves of other books, you can visit penguinrandomhouse.co.za or follow them on social media. Just look for Penguin Random House South Africa.
that was the Birdcatcher song from the Magic Flute by Mozart, played by the Hungarian Trio. This is Book Choice Publishers Choice on Fine Music Radio with me, your host, Paige Nick, as we chat to South Africa's top publishers and favorite bookseller exclusive books about what they've got coming out in the next few weeks. The next publisher to join us is Pan Macmillan. Now, these guys publish everything from big-name international authors to big-name local authors and everything in between. A big FMR welcome to the Pan Macmillan team, headed up by Nkanyezi Shavalala, who's Head of Communications at Pan Macmillan. I'm very much looking forward to hearing about which books you guys have been working on and what you're bringing out for the second half of the year. Hello again. It's great to be back to be sharing another fantastic list of books that we'll be releasing this July. I am absolutely thrilled. I think we have an exceptional lineup of books, if I do say so myself. I am going to dive right into it. So for the month of July, hold on to your seats. We have a new one by Kate Moss titled The Ghost Ship. For those of you who've been following the series, the sequel um, was to the ghost ship, excuse me, was City of Tears. And that's the third novel in the Joubert Family Chronicles from the best-selling author Kate Moss. So let me tell you a bit about Ghost Ship. We got a fantastic shout quote from Santa Montefiore. Santa says, another meticulously researched and stunningly written novel by a much loved and highly accomplished author. I adored it. And then we got... One more shout from Louise Minchin, who says the ghost ship is utterly absorbing. I couldn't put it down. So, I mean, it has everything a great novel has. Piracy, romance, revenge. It's set across the seas of the 17th century. And two seafarers are forced to fight for their lives. As I mentioned, this is the sequel to The City of Tears. So if you haven't read that, I suggest you do before you pick up a copy. But, I mean, Kate is so insanely talented, you could read it as a standalone. I'll tell you a bit about the plot. The Barbary Coast, 1621, a mysterious vessel floats silently on the water. It is known only as the ghost ship. For months, it has hunted pirates to liberate those enslaved during the course of their merciless raids, manned by a courageous crew of mariners from Italy and France, Holland and the Canary Islands. But the bravest among them are not who they seem. The stakes could not be higher. If arrested, they will be hanged for their crimes. Can they survive the journey and escape their fate? This is the ghost ship by Kate Moss. I will tell you, and not to spoil anything for local readers, but there are mentions of Franschuk, our lovely precious nook in the Western Cape where we all descend in the middle of May for a fabulous literary festival. There are mentions of Franschuk in the novel, but I will leave that for you to discover. So that's The Ghost Ship by Kate Moss. It is releasing this July. Go to your nearest bookstore. It will also be available online. Purchase your copy. Buy one for a friend. If you haven't discovered the Bear Family Chronicles, this is a great time to start. That's Kate Moss, The Ghost Ship. The other great title I'd love to mention is a new one by Kristen Hanna. My inbox has been flooded with emails from all over the place, all over the world. Everyone is thrilled and so excited about the new, it's called Another Life, the new novel by Kristen Hanna. And it's described as a powerful, moving and hopeful story of the life-changing impact of the connections we form. And a little birdie tells me that stock is already available in some stores. So we are rushing to get it out before July. 
This is another great gift if you have friends who love to read, if there is anyone in your family or friendship circle who you'd like to get reading more. This is a fantastic, fantastic gift. And I'll read some of the shout quotes that we've had. We've got a beautiful one from Delia Owens. She wrote Where the Crawdads Sing, and she describes Kristen Hanna as a master storyteller. I can't disagree. Another one by the utterly brilliant Christy Lefteri, who, as a side note, has a new novel coming in August called The Book of Fire. Do keep an eye out for that. Christy, as you can tell, is one of my favorite authors. She is just such a powerful writer. For those of you who are familiar with her background, Christy Lefteri spent quite a bit of time volunteering at a refugee camp in Athens, and that was what inspired her to write that magnificent novel, The Beekeeper of Aleppo. It really put a human face on the war in Syria. So if you haven't read that, please do get a copy. It's gone on to win several awards. Just She's a phenomenal writer, and I'm so sorry I digress. I'm supposed to be talking about Kristen Hanna, which I still am, but this was a lovely shout quote that we got from Christy Lefteri. Utterly compelling, powerful, and unforgettable. Kristen Hanna is an exquisite storyteller. Karen Swan, author of The Last Summer, says it's compelling and moving. And Kate Morton, author of The Clockmaker's Daughter, and she recently wrote Homecoming, which released this year, says it's a rich and compelling novel. I think we're just spoiled for choice. Truly, we are this month. Well, for the month of July. I'll tell you a bit about Another Life. It's set in the Pacific Northwest. The main Karen character, Angie Desaria, she has various issues um, in her marriage. She's unfortunately not able to conceive, so have her own children, and this puts pressure on her marriage. And she decides that she wants to spend some time in her small town where she comes from, you know, just to try and pick herself up and to feel better. And while she's there, she meets Lauren Rabido and the two of them just hit it off. They form a very immediate bond, which deepens when Lauren's mother abruptly leaves town and Angie offers Lauren a place to stay. But of course, in true Kristen Hanna style, there is a lovely twist. Nothing could have prepared Angie for the far-reaching repercussions of this act of kindness. Together, these two women, one who longs for a child and the other who longs for a mother's love, will be tested in ways that neither of them could have imagined. I sometimes feel that the book blurbs don't do the content of the book actual justice because I've read this novel and I promise you it is well worth the Saturday or the Sunday afternoon. This is another one that I'm recommending for your shelf for July. As I said, if you are in some of the key areas, the bigger cities around either Cape Town, Johannesburg, Books are available in store, and I think um, they will start to reach outlying areas. So have a look out for it. It's Kristen Hanna, Another Life. The last book I'm going to tell you about for July is, and of course, this is not to say that is all there is. There is a library of books that are coming for the month of July. Beautiful fiction, nonfiction. So do keep your eyes out for that. But my last book I'm going to speak to you about is Daniel Steele. Her newest one is Palazzo. Now, 
Daniel Steele is as glamorous as she is gifted. She still writes all of her own novels. Um, I hear that she has two typewriters and she still uses a typewriter to write her manuscripts. She has two typewriters and that's because if the one breaks, she can continue writing on the other. So that's Daniel Steele, Palazzo, a beautiful novel, romance set in the romantic country of Italy and her UK publishers are on this massive campaign to sell 1 billion copies, which I think is quite possible. She churns out new books, I think at least two, three a year. So Daniel Steele is still writing. She's still coming up with beautiful stories. I'll tell you a bit about Palazzo. It is a riveting novel about family, legacy, and what you do for those you love. And it's set in the cutthroat world of Italian fashion. I mean, that's just so Daniel Steele, isn't it? It's She's very much New York, London Fashion Week. She is. She's glamorous. One day when I'm big, I want to be like her. I nearly forgot to share my June recap. And those are the titles that I thoroughly enjoyed um, in the month of June. The first one is nonfiction, and that is the story of Desiree Ellis. It's called Magic. Desiree Ellis from Salt River to the 2023 World Cup. Desiree Ellis, for those of you who don't know her, is the head coach for Banyana Banyana. So she just has an incredible and inspiring story. You know, I think it's very much the South African story set in Salt River in the Western Cape. It tells of her love for soccer from when she was a girl, how she wore out her toughy school shoes. Run last, do you remember playing in the streets after school with your friends outside in your toughy school shoes? Anyway, started practicing soccer when she was really young. Her passion continued. She was supported by her loving mother and father, her father who was also their coach and he'd take them to all of these games. And years later, she's now on an international platform representing the country. Banyana Banyana plays in the World Cup this July, and I wish them all the best. But thank you very much. It's been fun speaking about books. Thank you to Paige and the team for having me on again this month. I hope you enjoy the Kristen Hanna and the new Kate Moss. Take care then. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Nkanyezi and Pan McMillan team. That was great. To find out more about all of Pan Macmillan's titles, you can visit panmacmillan.co.za or, of course, you should follow them online on all their social media. All these publishers do an excellent job on social media. So if you'd like to hear what books are coming out, be sure to seek them out. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok, which has become one of the biggest drivers of book sales in South Africa right now. After that, how about some music? This is Poor Influence Pan by Debussy played by flautist Liesl Stoltz. And you know, all the tracks on today's show have either been created by or performed by South African artists, which always makes me feel so proud. So, some great South African publishers, punctuated by some great South African performers.
We wrap up the show with our final segment from one of South Africa's most loved publishing houses, Jonathan Ball Publishers. They've been publishing great fiction and also the most excellent non-fiction here since 1976. And they publish both local and international titles. But mostly, if there's a fantastic non-fiction South African title on your shelf, it's likely to have been published by Jonathan Ball. Welcome back to the show, to the Jonathan Ball publicity team. Hello, Paige and beloved readers. I'm Pumi from the publicity team at Jonathan Ball Publishers. As we reach the end of a tremendous youth month, we saw it fit that we focus on all things kids. We've got a ton to chat to you about, and we hope you enjoy. Because as Dr. Seuss proudly says, the more that you read, the more things you'll know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. We're going to kick off by hearing from one of our Hachette authors, Nadine Chassat, who wrote the page-turning verse novel about memory and identity called The Stories Grandma Wrote. I'm Nadine Aisha Jassett, the author of The Stories Grandma Forgot and How I Found Them. The Stories Grandma Forgot follows Nyla, who's 12 years old and lives with her mum and grandma. Her mum is from the UK and her grandma, her dad's mum, is from Zimbabwe. Her dad passed away when she was very little, and Nyla so much wants to know him. And even more so, she wants to know if he can help her answer all of the questions she has. Questions about who she is, questions about how to define herself. She hopes maybe she can find the answers to those in her grandma's stories, but unfortunately her grandma's memory is fading fast with Alzheimer's, and to Nyla this feels a little bit like her grandma is a time traveller. One day, when her grandma is doing her time travel memory magic, she says she sees Nyla's dad in the supermarket. This sets her off on a journey through her family's history to uncovering a secret that has been long held. It also sets her off on to uncovering how to answer those questions she has right at the start, the question of how to say, this is who I am. The book is very much inspired by my own childhood experiences of holding on to stories as the things that sustained me. I was growing up in the UK, listening to family storytelling of relatives in Zimbabwe, people that I missed so much, but whose stories helped me to understand who I am. I hope that all children can invest in and love the stories that they want to hear, but also the stories that they want to tell. Storytelling helps us to understand who we are, but it also helps us to say who we are, and it can also help us to bring new worlds into being. After all, that's what it is to be an author. I hope so many young readers love the stories in the stories Grandma forgot, and I hope it inspires them to write their own. Thank you so much, Nadine, for that wonderful audio. You can grab a copy of the stories Grandma forgot from any good local bookstore. Earlier this year, Jonathan Ball Publishers introduced an exciting book club for our young readers. To tell us more about it, our incredible marketing manager, Zwanga, will tell us more. We started the Jonathan Ball Kids Book Club with the goal of encouraging a love for reading and to contribute towards improving the literacy skills in South Africa. Research has shown that reading books and writing reviews about them can help children improve their literacy skills and help them to read for comprehension. It also helps them to develop their critical thinking skills. We want all of the children in our book club to not only enjoy the books that they read, but to gain knowledge that will enable them to start forming opinions and ideas about the world around them. We hope to instill a lifelong love for reading. We currently have 30 kids on the Jonathan Bull Kids Book Club who review books for us on a monthly basis. 
Their ages range from 3 to 11. And if you want to see the reviews that they share, you can follow at Jonathan Ball Kids on Instagram. They are going to review books for us for the rest of this year. And at the beginning of next year, we'll have a new intake for new reviewers. And if you want to be considered as a reviewer, you just need to follow our social media pages and look out for when we send out the call for new reviewers. Oh, how I wish to be a kid again, browsing through all the fantastic books. Speaking of being a kid again, Lorenzi Tolle will be sharing some insight on her experience of being a momager to a young Jonathan Ball Kids Book Club member. Lorraine will also be giving us a few tips and tricks on how to get your children and grandchildren reading. Hello, this is Lorraine Sitole, Langa's mum, and Langa Lama Jobe has been actively reading since he was five years old, and he has been part of the Jonathan Ball Publishers Kids Book Club since its inception this year, late March, beginning of April. Langalama Jobe is a regular reader and he gets very, very excited whenever he, he receives book packages from the kids' book club. He finds reading relaxing, he finds reading delightful. He is such a he is a child who is continuously looking at improving himself, his vocabulary, his writing skills, because I've always advocated for reading beyond the classroom. And a child who reads is going to turn into a child who is not afraid of learning. Langa takes to new activities with so much enthusiasm. He is always, always looking at improving himself and this and reading being a very big part of his life because reading is a big part of our family has turned Langa into someone who is not afraid of challenging himself. It is very, very important for us as parents to read to and with our children because if we want our children to grow into reading adults, we need to plant the seeds now and encourage them to see reading as a lifelong pleasurable hobby, reading as something that you can take with you for life beyond the classroom, beyond the school gates, beyond the lecture halls. We can't have a show and not fill you in on what's currently on shelf. Varishka, our children's sales rep, knows all the gems and she'll be sharing some of her top picks with us, which you can grab at any bookstore of your choice. Hi there, my name is Varushka Lowe. I'm the children's book sales representative in the Western Cape for Jonathan Ball. And today I just want to highlight a few of my favourite books that are just about to hit the shelves. First up, we have Mavis the Bravest by Lou Fraser. What a great story. It's about a chicken who loves to knit. Um, and so when someone tries to kidnap Sandra the sheep one night from the barn, Mavis has to face all her worst fears. Um, and come up with a plan to save her. Then for sort of 9 to 12, there's Cosima Unfortunate Steals a Star by Laura Noakes. A great story for um, uh, kids who are looking for a good adventure read. Um, so there are four girls that live in the home for unfortunate girls. If you're deemed slightly different or disabled, you end up here. And when they find out that a man 
who's an explorer called Lord Fitzroy wants to adopt them all, they know that something is up. And of course, they are smart. So they outwit him very quickly. Um, for the same age group, there's also an amazing book out, uh, called Stories Grandma Forgot by Nadine Asha Yassat. Oh, so beautiful. It's the story of Nyla and her grandmother. It's told in verse, um, which just means that it's easier to read if maybe English isn't your first language or, you know, you want to read a beautiful book but struggle to kind of get into it. Grandma is struggling with dementia, and when she tells Nyla one day that she's seen um, Nyla's dad, her son, who had died when actually when Nyla was really little, in the shop, Nyla suddenly has this little kernel of hope that her dad might still be alive. And in the end, it, the book is about the journey and all the things that she goes through to find answers, uh, not necessarily what she wants, but what she needs. And then for YA, um, there's two beautiful books I want to quickly highlight. The one is Warrior Girl on Earth by Angeline Bowley. She wrote Firekeeper's Daughter last year, which was a really big book. It was a Reese's Book Club. It's set within the Ojibwe community, uh, a bit of a murder mystery. Perry, our girl, uh, main character, sees that someone is busy stealing um, bones from the community's graveyard and investigates. And then also Catfish Rolling from Clara Kumajay. What an amazing story about loss and grief. It's set in Japan after the tsunami from 2011. And the rumor is that if the catfish rolls over at the bottom of the ocean, what will happen is uh, that the, a wave will, will hit the land. And so Sona travels through a crack kind of in time to go and find her mother and talk to the catfish. To close off Youth Month with a bang, we're going to hear from our Jonathan Ball Kids Book Club members about their experience. Hi, my name is Amy Trollope and I am 10 years old. I love being part of the book club because I enjoy reading the books Jonathan Ball publishers send me. The best book I've received from the book club is Robo Dog by David Williams because I love the characters and it was really funny. Hi, my name is Pina Musa Solo. I am six years old. I love being part of the book club because they send me books every month and I also get to read them and learn about myself in life. My favorite book that I received is I Am Not Going to Read Any Words Today. It's by Dr. Seuss. It has rhyming words and stickers and it helps me learn how to read. Hi everybody, my name is Hamish and I'm six years old. I love being part of Jonathan Ball Publishers Kids Book Club. They send the best books and I love to read. Favorite book that I've gotten so far is In and Out because I also have a naughty cat. Hi! My name is Liano Choma. I am seven years old and my favorite color is red. I like being part of the JBB Kids Book Club because I love getting to do reviews on the books I get and sharing the stories with other kids. The best book I have received from the book club was Worst Week Ever, Monday, by Eva Amores and Matt Cosgrove. I loved the characters in the story who were hilarious. Like I always say, readers are leaders.
Thank you so much. Till next time. To keep up with Jonathan Ball's latest book news, events, updates, new releases, you can visit jonathanball.co.za. You can also follow them as well on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok at Jonathan Ball Publishers. They even have a podcast. It's called PageCast. And that brings you the story behind the story. It's a great thing to listen to. And that takes us to the end of our show. If you've missed any of the books our publishers have been sharing with us, the podcast of today's show is available to listen to at your leisure on our website, fmr.co.za, or of course on the FMR app. So from me, your host, Paige Nick, my thanks to Mwandi Lobi for building today's show, to Exclusive Books and the publishers who've joined us today from Penguin Random House, Pan Macmillan, and Jonathan Ball Publishers. We started off with a waltz, so why not play out with a waltz? This is Sleeping Beauty Waltz by Tchaikovsky, and it's played by the Cape Philharmonic Orchestra. We'll be back with our regular book choice show, packed with reviews and interviews in two weeks' time. Until then, happy reading! (laughs) 